Welcome back to the Home Care Podcast. I'm your host, Managing Editor Kristen Easterling. Each month, I'll bring you fresh interviews with home care experts and providers just like you, with the goal of helping you run your business better. Today is another great chat, so let's dive in. DME Scripts formed in late 2021 with a mission to increase e-prescribe in the durable medical equipment industry. The American Association for Home Care, VGM, Adapt Health, Apria Healthcare, Lincare, and Rotec Healthcare all joined together to form the new independent company. Dan Stark, CEO of Apria, and Ken Hodel, VP of Business Development for DME Scripts, join us today to talk about the partnership, the need for e-prescribe in the industry, and more. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kristen. Thanks, Kristen. Happy to be here. So excited to have you both. So other than what was in the intro, is there anything else our listeners need to know about DME Scripts? Well, I think there's probably plenty, but hopefully we'll um, get into that as we go through the questions. But um, yeah, I think the one thing I would just say at the outset is um, whether it's DME Scripts or ePrescribe uh, in general, we believe that it's the future of the industry uh, and it's a way to build sustainability in the industry. And uh, the, the companies came together a little bit over a year ago to try to build that sustainability and make sure that we had an industry-owned, industry-managed asset here at our disposal. So uh, that's kind of the broad overview, uh, but we can probably get into a lot of questions. Um, I do have several for you. Um, what's the current state of ePrescribe in the DME industry? Well, maybe I'll talk about it from a broad business sense. And, and Ken can probably talk about the technology track if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, I think from a, a business perspective, uh, we are making progress uh, in ePrescribe in general. Uh, you know, there's essentially four platforms out there. Um, all, all are making progress. Some are a little bit ahead of the others, um, but there does seem to be a growing um, sense that and 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 um, appreciation for what it can do to help transform the business from facilitating uh, faster equipment to patients, uh, facilitating easier uh, processes for discharge planners, physicians, or any prescriber, um, and ultimately um, something that uh, ultimately helps uh, DME suppliers by getting an accurate and complete order. So I think there's a growing sense uh, within the, not just the industry, but just the prescribing industry as well, as to the movement towards it. And so, uh, Ken, you want to talk a little bit about the technology side of it? Sure. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, from a technology perspective, Kristen, I mean, we're not doing rocket science here. What's really important is two things. One is the user experience, especially for the referral source and how quickly they can move through the order. I think the other thing that's really important here is that, that term that you hear a lot, interoperability, the ability for DME scripts to integrate with other systems. Um, and so what's kind of the status on that um, with the organization only being a little over a year old? How's that interoperability going? Oh, it's going very well. Um, we've got a team of technologists here who are actually very experienced at integration. Um, we've actually led some of the connectathons for CMS uh, in that respect. Cool. And uh, we actually have a multitude of ways to integrate. There isn't just one, because what you need to know is that in this industry, whether it's the DME provider or the healthcare provider, everybody is at a little different place from a technical perspective. Okay, that makes sense. 
Um, so you've touched on this a little bit, but I want to get more in depth in this. Um, I've been with home care for just over seven years now. And the whole time back in 2015 to now, I've been hearing no more faxing. We have to get away from faxing in orders. This is not sustainable. So why now? <laughs> what made 2021 the right time to form a partnership for ePrescribe? Well, um, I've been in the business since 1992, and I think everyone has been saying no faxing, no more faxing, no more faxing. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think I, I, I think this is a tale that's going to be told over many years, and and it, and I would start with change is hard. Uh, yeah. You know, we are in a position where as providers, we're trying to influence what our customers do and how they do our, their job. And so getting them to change is not easy. There isn't a real forcing mechanism. So there isn't a meaningful use uh, issue. There isn't um, anything that's legislated that must go electronically. And okay. so moving as is, is, is difficult. And I would only maybe take it back to the start of uh, SureScripts when that came together in the early 2000s. It really took eight years for them to get to a point where it was really functioning at a level that they thought was acceptable. Um, and then it took off from there. Believe me, our plan isn't an eight-year plan. We want to have uh, <laughs> a, a much quicker one than that. But I would also offer that this is not 2021 really wasn't the beginning if you think about e-prescribe, it's really been something that started in 2013 or 14 when some of the e-prescribe companies um, started, and uh, you know it's come now to 2022. So maybe we are on the SureScripts timeline uh, overall. But um, you know, I think we're—I'd uh, summarize with change is hard. Uh, we're asking people to do something a little bit differently, uh, and um, we think that at some point, again, we'll hit a tipping point. Um, but until then, it's really one referral by referral to try to uh, move them to e-prescribe. But as, as I said at the end, uh, Ken's involved in implementations every day and uh, customer meetings every day. So uh, Ken wants to provide as well. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, another thing that's been a catalyst has been the pandemic. It's certainly been an accelerant for people to look for new ways of doing things. And this is just one of the new things that they've been uh, trying since then. I think the other thing that that happened as a consequence of the pandemic is our current um, inflationary environment, uh, whether it's the cost of gas or the cost of uh, DME product, uh, it really is a major headwind for the DME providers. So they're also looking for a way to, uh, you know, become more efficient and really preserve or, or if they can increase that bottom line. Yeah, um, this is such a big uh, group of people they're big names in the dme industry you know we have apria dan you're with us lynn care and rotec and then aa home care and adapt health are all involved in this but who led the charge on the design and implementation i guess i'd have to take responsibility for that um, from a, <laughs> a a new business perspective okay um and i think ken ken has really been the architect of the software itself and so uh, kind of the long story is that Apria bought a, a software program back in 2016, uh, and we, re, we commercialized it um, through 2018 uh, and then launched it. Um, and what we really found was that um, we needed uh, the industry itself to be activated. 
in order to take a take a, a proactive role in helping to transform. And so that's why we uh, designed the, the the company the way it is today. Um, again, we took kind of a page out of the SureScripts model. Um, but really, the the intent here is go back to what I said at the beginning, which is we want an industry-owned, industry-managed uh, business um, so that we can use it to reinvest in the industry uh, and continue to make DME scripts in the industry um, a stable place and a, and, a, and, a, and a fortunate place to be. And Ken, maybe you want to walk through a little bit of some of what's been done on the software because it's certainly a much different product today than it was in 2016. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. And um, really what we've done over the past um, nine months or so since uh, we formed DME Scripts, we've added quite a few things. There's a quicker, more efficient order flow for referrals. So, so going back to what I said previously, the user experience here is the key. Um, we did add the ability to generate chart notes to support medical necessity for an order. Uh, we, we added the ability for the order activity to be tracked every time someone touches or adds a note to an order. So you have a full audit trail. Uh, we did add more ways to sign, including bulk signing. So one of the things we've noticed is it's, it's very easy to get in an MA or a case manager to fill out an order. It's not as always easy to get a doctor to sign it. Um, and, and certainly one of the things that's really important here as we try to really build a SaaS model is a simplified self-enrollment. So within three minutes, somebody can enroll and start their first order on the platform. Oh, that's cool. That's a, and that, that's a nice little benefit to just be able to, you know, click a button. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, so it's, you're at the one, you're over the one year anniversary. Um, I know it was like late, mid 2021. It'll be uh, September is the, will be the one year anniversary. September. Okay. What's changed since September, 2021, if anything? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I would say a lot has changed. Um, I'd say what has, what, let me maybe say what hasn't changed is our belief that this can work. So, and, and not, oh, not, not can work, but will work. Um, and I think the things that have changed uh, are largely around the software itself. Uh, and the ability to uh, move quickly and more quickly uh, with the software. Um, I'd say that the uh, current investment group uh, and owners believe in it 100%. Um, we would welcome new uh, investors. We also welcome anybody to the platform because it's free to use other than if you accept an order, there's a small fee for an order, but otherwise it's not, um, there's no subscription fees. There's no anything else. It's just a small quick fee from the, from the uh, DME supplier. So I think that maybe back to the things that have changed is I'd say most of the change has been just some of the great development that the uh, development team has done. And some of the things Ken alluded to there that have really accelerated over the last year. Ken, anything to add? Yeah, no, I, I, I would just echo what Dan said. And I mean, we have an excellent team of healthcare and startup veterans and, and what they've architected is really a highly configurable and scalable cloud-based platform that can handle multiple rule sets. And what that really means is this, is there's a lot less coding, which adds risk and time. And there's a lot more configuration, which speeds things up and reduces risk. 
And, and that's really, I think, what we learned from our, our first go around with DME scripts is having this configurable rule sets are really the key to making us be as flexible as we need to be and as fast as we need to be. Okay, that's really cool. Um, so with the coding side of things, I know that's a big issue with compliance and it can result in things getting um, rejected, claims getting rejected. So is that just built into the back end? Is it, a, you know, you click this product and it loads the HICPIT code? What's, what's kind of going on there? It's, it's both. So what, okay. what's really important with a, a platform like this is removing rework. So if I don't warn the referral source up front that their order is likely not to qualify, they're still going to send it over and the DME provider is still going to have to waste time looking at that order and saying, no, it doesn't qualify and here's what we need to do on it. So it, it, that's the number one thing. We do things in the front end, but we also do things in the back end. Uh, in order, for, as you probably are well aware, a standard written order in SWO has specific items that need to be on it. So we always do a validation at signing to make sure that all of those items are in the SWO or the referral can't sign it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so you, Dan, you mentioned you're welcoming new investors. Um, how would they join? How would they, who do they need to get in touch with? Well, um, we have a very formal process for when we have any investment <laughs> opportunities, but they would they would get in touch with me okay. um, and uh, they can reach me at any time, uh, either via email or through my through the phone. Um, and my email is dan.stark at apria.com and that's Stark with a C, K. Um, and uh, we want as many and we want as many participants in the industry as possible. Again, we want this to be industry owned, industry managed. And the more we can activate the suppliers, the DME suppliers, we believe the faster adoption will happen and the faster things will move um, in order to, to, to accelerate that. And I think, I think it's a great opportunity for the industry. Yeah, it's, uh, I was excited when it got announced last year because I knew this was something that we needed. Um, what are some one, five, ten further out goals for um, for DME scripts and for e-prescribe in general? Well, um, you know, I would start with uh, just adoption levels. You know, we're we, we're it's still a very paper fax intensive business. Um, you know, we're my guess is we're somewhere around high single digits, maybe low double digits of adoption thus far. And I think as we think of adoption, we think of it in terms of the universe is the number of orders that could be transitioned to e-prescribe. And so our goal would be to reach, you know, whether that's 30, 40, or 50% of the industry within the next five, six years, so that we have a, a real high adoption rate um, and and be able to be able to 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 get the uh, essentially the industry involved and involved meaning participating in in the order and the net the order process in the network um, and and move that towards that fifty percent uh, and be able to uh, to be able to help the industry from that perspective. Um, you know, I think we we believe and I think most people that adopt it believe that a little bit of extra time up front saves two, three, four, five, six more phone calls and faxes going back and forth 
And, um, and I think that will become the standard here as we move forward over the next few years. Yeah, Ken, anything to add? No, just adding to Dan's point, I, I had uh, somebody uh, in an implementation this morning say, this is great. I don't have to wait 30 minutes on hold now to get the status of my order. <laughs> and that's exactly what the value we're trying to provide. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back to something you said, Ken, about interoperability again. Mm -hmm. um, what um, I know with like my medical prescriptions, my medications, mm -hmm. it's through the EHR that the doctor has. What... Um, and that's, you know, Cerner, whatever, what are you integrated with there? You know, Cerner, Epic, um, I think those are the two big ones that I know of, but. Yeah, we're, we're integrated with the two biggies, Epic and Cerner. Uh, we're part of both of their uh, app stores. Uh, however, we also do custom integrations. Okay. So we can use the Fire Fast Healthcare Interoperability Resources. We can use that standard to integrate with anybody. So whether you're integrating natively through Epic or Cerner and their cloud, or whether you're doing it outside of that, we offer both. Uh, we also offer some of the older protocols like ADT and CCDA as well. Again, like I said, in, in, in healthcare, everybody's at different places from a technology perspective. Some are more comfortable with ADT, others are more comfortable with Fire. So we offer all the options. Okay, and those are, and it's just the doctor and the, the DME talking to each other through the, through the tech. <laughs> well, I, I think that's that's where things um, are not as seamless as they are with pharmaceuticals or labs. And that's really where the catch is. Yeah. Um, so with uh, Fire and uh, with the Smart on Fire capabilities, you can create a very seamless experience. The challenge there is more legal and compliance and paper focused. You, you have to get through an agreement with the health system in order to do that. And that's where things slow down. The, the business associates agreements. And, and, yes, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's necessary, we're exchanging PHI, we have to have one in place. So that and, and, and just our software agreement are typically the two things that need to be signed before we can do an integration. So. But, uh, you, you know, over 85% of our customers on the platform are not integrated, meaning they are typing in the information. Yes. And, and, and uh, you know, I would say that's probably the way it is across ePrescribe because of that gating factor of I have to work with legal and compliance and security at the health system to get approved before I can actually go do the integration. Okay. And so it's it, in that sense, it is a little bit easier just to, to fax the form because that agreement's already in place. Uh, well, they're e-faxing a, <laughs> e a form. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, it, it, the, the thing is that there's no intermediary holding data. And that's okay. where the, the requirement of a BAA and a, and a software agreement come in place. Okay. Okay. That clears it up for me. <laughs> Um, compliance is such a big thing and there's so many issues to keep in mind. So I know that that's probably something that our listeners are concerned about um, and making sure that this is going to actually help their business and not harm it. Uh, very important. I, I can't say how important that is. And, and we're actually doing a lot from that perspective to make sure that it is the DME provider's choice of how much risk they accept through the DME scripts platform. So it's really on the DME provider to configure those things where from a compliance perspective, there are differing opinions. So it's the control is in the DME provider's hands. And I think that's something that makes us a little bit unique. 
Okay, that's awesome. You mentioned just a minute ago, Ken, that you heard from somebody saying this is great. I don't have to hold, stay on hold. What other feedback are you getting from your stakeholders and people in the industry? Yeah, um, you know, number one, and, and like I said, it goes back to user experience, simple, intuitive interface that's easy to train people on. Most people don't need training. Certainly some people do, but it's typically no more than 20 minutes. Um, I think some other things that are important, sales reps. They have no, numerous referrals. They have a lot of orders happening at once. This is a great way for them to track their business. Um, we talked about the order tracking feature. We talked about 30 minutes on hold. This really for the DME provider helps drive down those inbound calls. And, and really when you're getting an executable order upfront with all the appropriate information and documentation on it, it really leads to faster claims filing and less open AR. So that's really the, the benefits I've heard out there from uh, actually what people like about ePrescribe. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of you said sales reps that they can just, you know, go to that referral source and say, hey, we have this great tool. We're on Epic and Cerner. You can download it and just send us your order. Um, and here's the regulatory stuff we have to do. <laughs> right. exactly. uh, but I can see how that can make their job easier. Um, on the regulatory side, is there anything you're watching legislatively um, that would make this process easier, whether it's on the software side or for DME business owner adoption? Well, I don't know that there's anything specific, Kristen. I mean, uh, I think there's a few things that would accelerate it if it were to happen, such as a meaningful use type um, situation around, uh, around e-prescribed whether there's some type of incentives, um, much like the EHRs caught a lot of wind in their sales uh, with the incentives that were provided under meaningful use. Um, and so, and, and as well as there's a potential here with uh, the NCD, the new, the new oxygen NCD and CMNs going away um, that uh, could provide an opportunity for, for larger adoption um, because the, the software itself will drive uh, a standard written order that is compliant uh, and uh, will be able to uh, no longer have to pursue the physician with that CMN, that pesky CMN, um, and have all the, the information ready uh, to be able to get something to an oxygen patient right away, uh, as well as be able to drop a claim right away. So um, that's not a direct, you know, it's not a direct meaningful use issue, but it is a real opportunity, I think, for the industry. Yeah. Ken, anything to add? Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing that Dan brought up that really excites me is uh, Medicare starting to talk about the clinical data elements for oxygen, because I feel like ePrescribe is, is the kind of tool that can capture all those elements and be a repository for that information. Um, CMS looking at the CDEs, I think that's a really interesting place where ePrescribe can provide value. Um, and now, Dan, you said something that um, we haven't talked about yet, and that's the patient experience with this um, and how this can help them have a better experience with their DME, with their doctor. Um, kind of go in a little bit on that, on just what the patient sees with DME scripts and, you know, how that benefits them. Well, hopefully they won't ever see anything to do with the, the patients <laughs> themselves. But 
if you just if you just step back for a second and think about the number of friction points that exist in that process, right? So today, in most of it, there's a fax that goes from a prescriber to a DME company. There's a call that goes to the patient to say, we've got your equipment uh, or we've got an order for you and we want to get that set up. And then behind the scenes, there's multiple calls and faxes going back and forth between the prescriber and the DME supplier, all in an effort to make sure that the patient gets the right equipment, they know what their copay amount may be, uh, and gets delivered right away. And when we think about how ePrescribe and DME Scripts specifically can transform that, uh, more than 90% of all orders that come through DME Scripts are accepted and processed uh, on the first uh, um, the first pass. So okay. if you think about all that extra friction that was just, I just described in today's referral process that oftentimes holds up delivery to the patient, yeah. um, that can be eliminated because the DME provider gets what they need. They're able to, when they call the patient and arrange delivery, uh, they're able to make sure that the patient has all the information and there's no back and forth um, or, or at least 90% of it gets eliminated. How's that? Um, and, and the ability to get the, 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 the patient, their equipment faster with the right information. So there's no surprise. No surprises. That, hey, that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. In healthcare, people don't like surprises, right? They don't, they don't like <laughs> surprises in normal life, let alone in healthcare. Yeah. No. And Kristen, we did a case study uh, about two years ago with a, a very large uh, sleep center out in Sacramento. And, and what we found is by sending orders through a platform like DME Scripts, we were able to bring down the time it took to get the device to the patient by over 80%. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. And that's, that's a big deal with oxygen. I mean, it's a big deal with anything, but for oxygen patients, even, even more so. Um, so with um, groups like AA Home Care and VGM on the team, are there any plans to engage CMS or other regulatory bodies on the issue of e-prescribe um, and you know, try and get some momentum going to encourage this? Well, they've had their hands a little bit full with the pandemic over the last couple of years. Um, <laughs> just a little. And how, yeah, however, I mean, it's not lost on, on not just us, but the whole industry, right? Um, and we would uh, we would love to engage CMS with that type of uh, uh, that type of discussion. Um, I think the move towards potential the CDEs and the template type discussions that are being had today, again back to the elimination of CMN, but still necessary uh, data to be had um, in order to to be able to bill for something. Uh, I think that starts to 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 lay the path and the foundation for those types of discussion uh, with CMS. Yeah. Um, Ken, anything to add to that? No, no, I just echo what Dan said. Okay. Um, those are all the questions I had and then a couple of extra thrown in there and I think we're bumping up against our time. Um, so anything that I didn't ask about that you would love to have our listeners know? Well, I don't know that I conveyed it very well, uh, Kristen, but I would just you know, reiterate that the platform is an open platform. Any DME supplier can be a member of the network uh, and, um, you know, it doesn't, there's no, the, the only cost is if they accept the get and accept orders. So there's no subscription fee. There's only an order fee. 
Um, and, um, you know, hopefully uh, DME scripts will be coming to a referral source near everyone soon. Uh, Ken, anything you need to add? Uh, no, just thank you for the opportunity, Kristen, to speak about ePrescribe. Well, thank you both for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure. I just appreciate your time today. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks, Kristen. Happy to do it. The Home Care Podcast is a production of Home Care Media and Cahaba Media Group. Producers of Home Care Magazine, the Home Care Now newsletter, Home Care Product Watch, and so much more. Visit homecaremag.com for more information. You can find the Home Care Podcast at homecaremag.com slash podcast, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen.